lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. Steve Dace here. Still live from headquarters. Uh, the Posh Blaze Studios here in Dallas, Texas. I am heading out literally right after the show to catch my flight. So today's overtime will be Todd and Aaron only. Just going to warn you now, which means it could even be better than what you're typically accustomed to. Todd and Aaron are here as well, uh, back home in our native Iowa. Uh, we'll be connecting with Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre here momentarily. 888-900-3393 is the number. If you'd like to connect with us, you can also do so via the SteveDace.com inbox. Steve at SteveDace.com is how you can email the program. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show over on Parlor at Steve Dace. And check out our new YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Steve Dace as well. Don't forget also, December 15th, my new book, uh, the novella sequel to A Nefarious Plot, A Nefarious Carol, is released. Uh, and you can get your pre-order right now at amazon.com. At amazon.com, get your pre-order of A Nefarious Carol, the sequel to A Nefarious Plot, which we're going to, starting tomorrow, we're going to revisit A Nefarious Plot with a new series on Theology Thursday. So you can go to Amazon.com and get your copy of A Nefarious Plot as well if you want to go along in that book study with us as we do that leading up to the release of the sequel, A Nefarious Carol. All right, so we'll get into all of that uh, coming up on Theology Thursday, beginning tomorrow on the show. On today's show... Uh, the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz, will be here. Uh, he'll give us his post-debate analysis. Um, we'll play buy, sell, or hold to lead off next hour. However, this entire first hour will be devoted to breaking down last night's debate. And it will begin with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by... That was a shit show. That it was as former Vice President Joe Biden and President Trump faced off in the first and probably only presidential debate. I am the Democratic Party right now. The platform of the Democratic Party is what I, in fact, approved of. Here's a deal. I got very lucky. I'm going to get very lucky tonight as well. There is no manifesto, number one. Please let him speak, Mr. President. Number two. You just lost the left. Number two. You just lost the left. You're the the worst president America has ever had. Come on. Let me me just tell you, Joe. I've done more in, in 47 months. I've done more than you've done in 47 years, Joe. We've done things that you never even thought of doing, okay. including Gentlemen. fixing the broken military that you gave me. But the question of reopenings and the fact. Well, he wants to shut down this country, oh. and I want to keep it open. And we you did just, a great thing by shutting it, shut it down. Wait a minute, Joe. Let, let, let me shut it, you down for a second. We have the highest deficit, trade deficit China with ate Mexico. Your lunch. All right, ate gentlemen, your in, in, China in, ate your lunch, no. Joe. Will you who shut is up, your, man? Listen, who is on your list, Joe? Are you I'm, in favor of law and order? I'm in favor of law. You follow you in it, favor of law and order? I would say almost everything I see is from the left wing, not from the right wing. So what are you? What are you? What are you saying? I'm willing to do anything. I want to see peace. Then do it, sir. Say it. Do it. Say it. Do you want to call them? What do you want to call them? Give me a name. Give me a white name. Supremacists and right like me to white supremacists and right proud boys. Proud boys, stand back and stand by. But I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left because this is not a right wing problem. Did you use the word smart? Uh, so you said you went to Delaware State, but you forgot the name of your college. You didn't <laughs> go to Delaware State. You graduated 
either the lowest or almost the lowest in your class. Don't ever use the word smart with me. Don't ever use that word. Oh, give me a break. Because you know what? There's nothing smart about you, Joe. And now, reaction. A hot mess inside a dumpster fire inside a train wreck. So, very simple question. After what went down this evening, do you think Joe Biden should participate? in a second or third debate should the next two debates go on as scheduled i wouldn't be surprised by the way if this is the last presidential debate should there be other debates are we really going to repeat this are we going to have another two of of these i think we have to hear from the presidential commission on debates tomorrow We, we 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 can't do two more of these why are we bothering a with a discussion of the rules of format of time limits of uh moderators at all pollster frank luntz tweeted out reaction from his focus group of undecided voters last night biden should not have told trump to shut up trump has rattled him and it's not a good look for biden My group of undecided voters are telling me this is like reality TV, except it's the destruction of America that we're watching. Trump is in total control of the debate stage, but he's too rude to win over many new votes. I would like to use this debate to teach my students how to communicate, but I can't. It would be unfair to my students. My undecided group couldn't care less about Trump's personal taxes. They feel the tax code itself is what's wrong. The most common voter response I'm hearing so far, quote, I'm so sad for our country. This debate has actually convinced some undecided voters not to vote at all. I've never seen a debate cause this reaction. And finally, Telemundo asked its Spanish-speaking audience who they thought won the debate. They said Trump won 66% to 34%. And that's what happened while we were away. Where to begin? Let's begin with this. Aaron's Montage brought to you by... Our friends over at ScoreMaster, did you know that the average American has about 97 points they can add to their credit score, yet has no idea how they can access them? Well, ScoreMaster is the new credit science that will super boost your credit score, and you can forget about just raising your score a few points, because the average ScoreMaster user is going to raise their credit score about 61 points in 20 days or less. How do they do it? Well, because they empower you with the information, Uh, complete and total transparency. What's driving your score down, for example, and then what specifically is driving your score down, and then what specifically you can do to move it back up, because moving it up, if you're in the high 500s, you move into the mid 600s, if you're in the mid 600s and you get into the 700s, what that does to your interest rate, payment plan, the options available to you just changes everything when you go to buy a new car, a new home, any kind of refinancing, etc. So you can enroll in minutes with ScoreMaster, which puts you in control of your finances instead of the banks, and see how many plus points ScoreMaster can add to your credit score. Visit scoremaster.com slash Steve. That's scoremaster.com slash Steve. Okay. Um, I want to begin kind of backwards. I'm going to get into here in a moment my specific analysis of the debate last night, but I'm going to begin actually... By looking, uh, taking the analyst hat off and, and looking at this as someone who wants Trump to win. And, and this is the first time since I have been doing this full time. That as a voter, I am personally invested in the Republican nominee winning. I didn't vote for McCain. I didn't vote for Romney. I didn't vote for Trump. Okay. Um, in, in 2016. 
Uh, to me, I, I loathe John McCain as the politician. Maybe as much as any politician in my lifetime yeah, just stabbed me in the back wearing my jersey countless times. Suddenly he runs for president, wants me to think things are different. They're not. You saw they weren't any different when he went back to the Senate after losing. He agreed, he agreed with Barack Obama more than us. You see now with Mitt Romney in the Senate. I told you then. He agrees with Barack Obama more than us. And you see it now that he's a senator. Trump was different. I liked the stuff he said. I just didn't think he really believed it and would follow through. And then I watched the last four years, and far more often than I expected he would, he did. So I'm not going to suddenly be opposed to the things I've long stood for just because someone I didn't trust did them. I'm not licking a gift horse in the mouth. I'm going to take the W and say thank you. So based on what he has done and who the Democrats have made clear they are, for the first time since I've been doing this full-time on the air, I'm personally invested in the outcome. It's been very simple when you're not personally invested, or simpler maybe, to strictly look at it as objectively as you can analytically. When you're in a position where I really want the Democrat to lose, but I don't care if the Republican wins, which is a tough position to be in because it's kind of impossible, <laughs> All right? but that's the position I've been in in the last three presidential elections. This time I've got to be a little bit more self-aware because I am personally invested. I, I want Donald Trump to win on November the 3rd. However, much of his performance last night reminded me why I opposed him so vehemently down the stretch in the primary. I mean, I, I went from a guy on the Cruz campaign that from the beginning was advocating, hey, I, I you know, we're kind of working the same audience here. There's no point confronting him. He's helping us by taking out people like Jeb Bush and Marco Rubio. I mean, let's, you know, let's try to take advantage of that. And then by the time we got to the end of the campaign, I was one of the staunchest. We got to go after this guy really hard guys. Um, I mean, I fought him on the floor of the convention all the way to the end with Free the Delegates. I was a part of that. I didn't vote for him in the general election. If, if but... Then I saw the way that he governed, and I saw that the Democrats have taken off the mask and are being honest about everything people like me have warned you about many years. So I'm in, but if it weren't for those things, and all I knew was what I watched last night, I would not vote for that. I, asked, I found myself asking myself, I wonder what Amy Coney Barrett is thinking watching this at home right now. I mean, 48 hours ago, that was a different human being that presided over her appointment announcement. I mean, that's like a 180, bipolar. I mean, I live with bipolar. You know, my wife battles it. So she would tell you, that looks like bipolar. (laughs) Um, I mean, everything about the woman exudes class. The president was beyond honorable and dignified in that announcement. And then 48 hours later, there is whatever that was. My phone was blowing up last night, all from people who want Trump to win, who were ranging anywhere from dismayed to disgusted by what they saw. If we were in normal times, the analysis I'm about to give you would be far more catastrophic. However, I keep having to check myself because these aren't normal times. And I keep, keep having to remember, I stood there 10 feet from him, 20 feet most, waiting to meet with him off stage. Maybe he closes me to come and support his candidacy when he said here in Iowa, 
I like candidates or I like soldiers who don't get captured and I've never asked God for forgiveness because I've never done anything wrong. I thought he was done then. I, I, I thought this guy was done a million times. I didn't think he was impressive in any of the three debates four years ago, but he's president now and Hillary is not. So I, I think as an analyst, you have to look at things as they really are, not as you prefer them to be, at least if you want to be intellectually honest, that is. Um, so while on a personal level, as someone who wants Trump to win on November the 3rd, I, I was disheartened by what I saw last night. I think you could sense that um, if you watched our Blaze TV post-debate coverage that I was a part of here. But when I put the analyst hat back on, history has taught me with Trump, don't project. This guy has been dead before. And he's never dead. In fact, the last thing I saw last night before I went to bed was the Telemundo poll that Aaron mentioned at the end of his montage. Two to one Hispanic viewers to Telemundo thought, thought Trump won the debate. I've never seen a Republican get a reaction like that from Hispanic voters, especially when they're polled by Telemundo. Okay? So while personally my worldview would prefer a president who inspires us far better than what we saw last night, this world, or maybe it's just these times, may see things differently. I mean, I had somebody tell me on my Facebook page, well, Steve, your problem is you don't understand nice guys finish last. And I thought, wow, if I'm the nice guy now, I'm nice. First of all, thanks. (laughs) That's one of the nicest things a woman said to me in a long, long time. Um, But if I'm the nice guy now, in, in the circles I roll in, dude, they fire up the Imperial March and I am the friggin' Grim Reaper. Ask God, he's seen it. They think I breathe like, I'm the nice guy now. Finally, another reason to vote for Trump. I'm now the nice guy. Maybe that's the case, though. All right. And maybe what you saw last night is a is is a what would have happened if Lincoln debated Jefferson Davis? Maybe it would have looked like that. I don't know. Two sides with irreconcilable differences have no don't believe there's any undecided voters have no interest wooing them if they exist and it's just based off of spite for both sides maybe it would have looked a little bit like that just with a far better moderator so i'm hoping as a trump voter that this is another one of those times because i don't want to see the unseen forces that have necromanced joe biden because if he wins it'll be a power of attorney election he won't be the president the forces on the left guiding his hand will be running this country. So I hope, hope that this is another one of those moments when we just write Trump off and get proven wrong later on. Now, to my analysis of the debate itself last night, I've got a series of takeaways on this to share. Um, I, I, if you came into this debate heavily favoring one candidate over the other, you, you probably still do. Um, in, in fact, it was almost as if both candidates were their debate prep teams. Biden's debate prep team was, Hey, um, we really got to lock up the Vox slate young Turks vote. And, and Trump's debate team told him, you know, I think you're a little soft with the people that think Breitbart is moderate and going soft. So, I mean, just, just be a total douche. That's what people are looking for. If you're part of those crowds, those wings of these two guys' coalition, you loved this last night. You loved it. 
Um, but if you came into the debate undecided, you probably left it hoping you don't ever have to decide. Just maybe tapping out. Do this one without me. <laughs> uh, I don't think either a candidate, neither candidate made any kind of appeal to undecided voters at all. As much as they checked the boxes of spite, it was like uh, the debate sponsored by Festivus, an airing of grievances. And who is the undecided voter, by the way, because you guys are going to ask me that? I I think the undecided voter. It's not on issues. I think the undecided voter is somebody who would prefer not to turn the country over to whoever has necromanced Joe Biden, but is still unsure about giving the country back to Donald Trump. That's who I think the undecided voter is. Next, I think Trump missed numerous opportunities to better articulate his record as well as hit Biden on issues that people actually care about, and Hunter Biden is not one of them. If Hunter Biden is guilty of everything he's accused of, enjoy a prison cell, and I'll happily lock the door, but it won't change a vote, determine a vote in America. That is a separate political or or potential criminal issue that voters don't care about. Similar to Trump's taxes, they don't care about that either. Trump should have let Biden talk more but kept letting him off the hook by not forcing the dementia to the forefront. See, I think, um, I, I think Trump thought he would, bring, he would break Joe by, by pestering him the entire time. Except Joe Biden may be a shell of the man he once was, but, but he is still a man. There's still some testosterone there. And when he kept punching at him, That kicked in that testosterone and adrenaline. Go look at the first answer Joe Biden gave on on an issue. And he's already meandering. You saw me tweet right away in the first five minutes. Oh, Joe. Right away. First answer. Slow out of the gate. But right after that, Trump just pounded on him over and over again. It was like giving Biden Adderall. Just kept waking up his testosterone, waking up his adrenaline. Where, you see, where we have seen Biden's dementia falter on the campaign trail is when he has to talk specifics on issues. He can't. He can't recall facts, figures. Um, he often gets issues wrong. Trump should have let him do that more. He kept helping him bury the dementia. To the point that if I were on the Biden campaign, I would not do another debate. We got out of there without flashing almost any dementia at all. We ain't coming back. And I'm not sold on what they're vowing today that they're going to show up. We shall, we shall see. We're dealing with moral relativists here. All right. So, if, But if I were on their campaign, I, I wouldn't show up again. I wouldn't take the risk that Trump uh, tries a new tactic and now I got to talk issues, especially like in a town hall format in front of a crowd where the moderator isn't in a position to, to nurse mate me along for an answer. I, I wouldn't show up for that. I got out of there for 90 minutes. I got to call Trump a racist, loser, clown, worst president ever. I'm out. Uh, 5,000 G. Poor one out. See you November 3rd. That's what I would do if I was the Biden campaign. Trump let me off the hook. I'm pulling a Steve Miller ban. I'm taking the money and run. I'm taking the favor. Thank you. Take my chances with the electorate as it is November 3rd. You're on your own, pal. That's what I'd be doing. I thought Biden, though, also, and this is maybe what they're thinking. I think that he hurt their he hurt his own case, um, that he's the adult in the room. Um. I think instead of rising above Trump's rancor, he subjected himself to it. Uh, I I just think if people, if if those suburban voters that don't like Trump, if they want someone who's going to call somebody names, they're going to go with the guy who does it while agreeing with them more on the issues. I'm sure, you know, the Young Turks people, I mean, I'll bet that was just orgasmic, man. They had to, you know, probably 
uh, <laughs> turn their channel off whatever uh, carnal favors they were enjoying watching Joe Biden use their talking points on Donald Trump. But the same, th- those same suburban, exurban voters we talk a lot about on our show because all three of us live in those areas and know these people, they don't like that stuff either. They don't like it from Trump, and they definitely didn't like it from Biden. I got a text from a Biden voter this morning telling me who's going to vote, wanted to vote for Biden just because he can't stand Trump. I, I, I just can't vote for any of these people. And that might be what the Biden people are thinking. They're thinking, you know what, next time we got to show the softer side of Sears. We can't let Trump uh, drag us down into the dirt like that. It, it's like these two guys, it's like Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon got together. And it was like a movie. And they thought beforehand, how could we concoct a debate that would drive down voter turnout? Make it so. It's like that's what this was. Um, I, I, I'm in moderator front. I, I typically think it's a cop out to complain about biased debate moderators. Republicans don't have to agree to Chris Wallace or Martha Raddatz as a moderator. It's that's their own fault. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't agree to that if it was me, but this was extra special bad. Okay. I mean, Chris Wallace was, was not only biased, he was unprofessional and ineffective. Other than that, he has a wonderful singing voice. He should be ashamed and shamed by his peers who largely have no shame. That's how bad that was. If I was Chris Wallace, I might be taking a sabbatical. Here's the final point I want to make. And this won't be inspiring, I want to warn you. But I think voters received a pretty honest appraisal of who these two men are last night. Trump is just unnecessarily unlikable at times. He doesn't want to take yes for an answer, even when you want to give it to him. You know, the reason he kept running out of time last night on his answers? Well, the the first reason was good. He refused to accept the premise of Wallace's bias questions that were all asked from Joe Biden's premise. I'm totally in favor of that. But then no matter what the issue, he's got to spend two minutes at the, the next telling you how great he is on it. And no one's ever been better. Now his time is up. And by the time he gets to the time, the part of the issue you care about, now he's got to talk over everybody because he's wasted his time talking about himself. That happened over and over and over and over again last night. And then there's Biden, on the other hand, who clearly is beyond past his prime. And is largely still promising to fix the same problems with the same wrong solutions that he's been saying and promising for 47 years. I just think we need to perhaps accept those of you that have been those of you that have been waiting around for something more, something better. I bring you glad tidings of great joy this morning. It's not coming. These guys are pushing 80. They're finished products. They are what they are. It is, as the great prophet Bill Belichick once said, it is what it is. And every one of you that's a non-communist all have to make your own peace with this. You all have to come to your own conclusion of whether or not you disdain Trump's persona enough to hand the country over to the Marxist forces necromancing Joe Biden and waiting for a power of attorney presidency on November the 3rd. You all have to make that decision. I think if you're looking for some kind of soft landing or some kind of, you know what, man, that's a side of Trump I I just didn't think was there. I don't think it's coming, man. I don't. And I think you just have to accept it. Everybody has to make their peace with it. 
and then has to understand there's nothing aspirational happening here. It's just mere survival. And you have to decide, all of you on your own. And I'm not going to get in the middle of it. I've made my peace with it, and I'm fine defending my position. Because I think we're on the brink of a civil war, and I think last night's debate was another sign of this, unfortunately. That's how, that's how both sides react when they don't view the other side as tolerable any longer. I mean, that, that's, what a, that's, that's when you get the divorce attorneys together and you have that deposition where you meet each other face to face for the first time at the law office. That's what it sounds like. That's what it looks like. That's, it gets loud. There's just bile, venom. That's what you saw last night. And so I think all of you waiting around, hoping for more, you're all going to have to just make a decision. And the decision is this. Do you disdain Trump's persona enough to hand the country over to the Marxist waiting in the wings who are the Svengali necromancer for Joe Biden waiting in the wings for a power of attorney presidency? And that's up to all of you to make that decision. Each of you individually has to. Because that will be the result of a Biden win. I don't even think that's in dispute. So you have to make that decision. I, I would have preferred that Trump made that decision for you. If it's what I it's what I pray for, beg for, urge for, and I'm not in control of. This morning would be so much easier if you saw a president like what you saw on Saturday morning. But it is what it is, man. It is what it is. And I'm not empowered to change it. I already did everything I could so we wouldn't have conversations like this. All right? I worked to the bitter end for the only candidate that had a chance to beat him in the primary. I tried to beat him at the convention. I didn't vote for him. I did everything I could. I did my tour of duty to avoid moments like this. I don't have to take a backseat to anybody on that. But now, now it's go time. And the Reds took off the mask. And you know where they're coming from. And you know what they're going to do. And you know that this guy's not in control. This guy's not in power. It's a power of attorney presidency if he wins. Other people not on the ballot that you're not voting for are going to be running the country, making the decisions. Probably a lot of the same people that were involved in Russian collusion, Ukraine collusion, and all the other scams we've been subjected to these last few years. I wish the choices before us were better. But they're not. But just because they're not inspiring doesn't mean they're not important. Because they have made no qualms on the other side about what they intend to do if they win. This isn't about conjecture or what's the limits of the lesser of two evils. This is, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If you open it, I will violate you. I'm telling you this in the open. I'm not hiding it. I am a scorpion. My sting is poisonous. I beseech you, open the door so I can use it on you. 
That is the reality of what we face. No Gettysburg Address is forthcoming. No stirring Thanksgiving proclamation that makes you say, I've got the feels now. Thank you. I wish. That's the way the process should work. It should. Has in the past. Even when we've been in civil wars, it's worked that way. But it's not going to work that way with this civil war. That's pretty obvious. At least not at this moment in time. And everybody listening in the sound of my voice right now, that is a non-Marxist, all has to make their choice. And that choice before us is this. Do I disdain Trump enough what he represents that I'm willing to take my chances with the power of attorney presidency knowing that it's likely people favorable to, if not outright Marxists, holding that power of attorney? That's it. That's it. That's the choice. And I don't necessarily think there's a right or wrong one. They just both have consequences. And I think you have to make the decision which consequences you think are more dire for you and your family. So those are my thoughts. We'll come back. Todd and Aaron, what do you think? We'll let you guys react, respond next here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. So... What does COVID-19 have to do with losing your home? Well, turns out it could be a lot. The FBI says cybercrime has gone up 75% since we went into lockdowns, went into our homes, did everything online, even meetings, work, more shopping online than ever before. And it gets worse because online is where a lot of our home titles are kept these days. The crime is called home title theft, and it's growing because cyber criminals have found the titles to our homes Online, They then forge your signature on a quick claim deed, refile as the new owner, and before you know it, you're off your own title. They can then own the home, liquidate uh, the equity in the home, cash it out, forge your signature on more and more, stick you with the payments. Sometimes you don't find out until a late notice or even a foreclosure notice shows up in the mail. So what can you do about it? Well, you can go to Home Title Lock. They will protect your home's legal title. It's your most valuable asset, your safe haven. They'll put a virtual barrier around it. And the instant they detect any tampering whatsoever, they will mobilize to shut it down. But first things first, go to HomeTitleLock.com, register your address to see if you're already a victim. And then while you're there, use the promo code radio to get 30 free days of protection. That's the promo code radio at 30 free days of protection at HomeTitleLock.com. One quick thing because I gave you an example, because I know you guys are going to ask me, hey, give me an example who you think these undecided voters are. Give you an example, you're going to ask me, hey, who are the, you know, what are these opportunities you think Trump missed? I want to go to the white supremacist question. Why didn't Trump just simply turn to Joe Biden and say, last week I declared the KKK a domestic terrorist organization, which he did. It's fact. Last week I declared the KKK a domestic terrorist organization. Joe, when you were vice president, you went to the funeral and eulogize the former grand cyclops of the KKK. Robert Byrd is a friend, mentor, and guide. So forgive me, excuse me, if I'm not going to take lectures on racism from you, Joe. That's an example. In the first five minutes, the president was hammered on pre-existing conditions. Last week, he put out a health care plan that said they were going to cover all pre-existing conditions. He never mentioned it one time. Once. 
Those are the sorts of, of opportunity costs that I think cost the president last night. So now I throw it back to y'all back home there in Iowa. Todd and Aaron, the floor is yours. Happy warrior, just like I said. Okay. Um, listen, we, it, we didn't set the bar too low for Biden. The bar was perfectly low. He had no shot at winning. Just like I said, this was Trump's to win or lose. He could have named the score. It's obvious. He chose not to. It, I'm with Steve. It hasn't changed my thinking at all on uh, uh, my vote, but I, I'm not going to spin this in any way. People, oh, the world's against him. He has, no, don't care. I don't care. That was an easy automatic win if Trump chose it. It's like that scene in, in um, uh, Shrek 2. Donkey, can you not be yourself for five minutes? <laughs> five minutes. You just had to be something else for a... And the win is yours for an hour and a half. And you lasted like two... The tone and everything with the Amy Comey Barrett answer was nice. And then you just started drifting. And not because Joe was doing anything effective. He had no possibility of doing anything effective. That was obvious to everybody. And nobody, I, nobody's making any effective claim otherwise. It's just a, they don't want to have that debate now just because you gave them all the reasons not to tolerate. Quite frankly, if I'm Donald Trump, I don't, I, you shouldn't be doing another debate. If, if you cannot, if, you, if it's not within you for whatever reason to be a grown-up in these settings, just don't do it. It's not really a Joe Biden thing. It's a you thing. It, I hear everything Steve said about what's at stake with this election and why you would choose them. Of course, that's all right. I, I, but just in terms of analysis, appalling effort by you, President Trump, last night. Appalling. I, I, uh, my 16-year-old daughter was sitting there watching. Like, do we still have other choices? My wife, the same thing. It, I've heard this from several yeah. people I know around the country, something similar, that they were disappointed their kids watched it with them, that their kids um, were crushed and wanted to know why their parents were so invested in either one of these individuals. I heard this from quite a few yeah. people. Actually. And so yesterday I told you what should happen and what would happen. And again, my confidence that this would not happen stemmed from the fact that it was, everybody saw it. it was that obvious. Does anybody believe on either side that if Trump wanted to name the score, he could have? I Please, fight me on this. Anybody. It would have been that easy if he decided to, and he didn't. Which means, again, we're at best many days with Donald Trump. We're in the deer hunter at the Russian roulette table. He just happens as often as not to fall on our side in a way that's never going to happen with the other side. They're actually trying to kill us. So we just have to go with that. But it's it's just not better than that, that on a lot of days. That sucks. Hmm. Yeah. I, I was trying to... I, I was just kind of overwhelmed last night. I mean, there was a moment... There was a moment, especially... Especially when um, Trump started talking about uh, uh, Hunter Biden and uh, Bo Biden was was brought into this, I, it's just you cringe. You just cringe so hard at that moment. And there were there were just 
Uh, so many moments of, well, that's a snappy one-liner, and that's a great put-down, but like I he, said He brought up ventilators. Oh, yes, that's right. Uh, yeah, yeah. In, yeah, inject ventilators into my veins. Um, but, but the bottom line is, as I said yesterday, debates aren't hardly ever remembered for their substance. They're remembered for the style. And the style of yesterday was... The style of yesterday was, I mean, Jake Tapper was right, probably for the wrong reasons, but the style yesterday was just like, Lord have mercy. What, what is this here? I mean, it is a flaming, flaming heap of garbage. Uh, and that's, that's what the, the whole debate was. And I'm trying to, because I wasn't even sure what I thought about, about who won or who lost, because I, I just thought it was a stalemate with maybe a slight lean to, to Biden. So I started, started looking around the spectrum and i realized the only undecided voters are really those who are along the lines of what luntz was saying with his focus group of undecided voters the only undecided voters aren't between trump or biden it's about whether or not they're actually going to vote <laughs> for either one of those people and that's that, that makes sense after what we i don't i don't want anything to do with us and that 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 makes sense i i will say however um, the incessant, obnoxious nature of what Trump pulled last night, I'm sure, invoked a response of pity and sympathy upon Joe Biden. The thing is, though, is that people don't vote for a candidate because they feel feel sorry for that candidate. Mm-hmm. They don't vote for a candidate. Now, it can boomerang and they can vote against the other guy because they just hate him so much. But again, the Democrats have gone max. They've maxed out their their credit limit in terms of negative sentiment. So I don't know how much of a difference that makes. And that really brings me that that really brings me to to Joe to uh, to, to Donald Trump and Chris Wallace. And I agree that it is usually very lazy analysis to complain about the debate moderator because it's baked into the cake that it's going to be right. biased. Yep. But my Goodness. Chris Wallace has interviewed Donald Trump before. He's covered Donald Trump for over four years now. He knows Donald Trump's personality. And you had to know, you had to know if you're Chris Wallace, that these questions are going to put Donald Trump on the defensive. You constantly holding uh, Joe Biden's hand uh, is going to put Donald Trump on the defensive. You are not doing your due diligence if you're not at least making every concerted effort you can to not formulate, formulate your questions in, uh, in a biased and heavily slanted way. And yet Chris Wallace went through with that. So I'm putting myself in Trump's shoes from the get-go. From the get-go, you were put on the defensive by not, not Joe Biden, but both Joe Biden and Chris Wallace. Now, a more seasoned debater, like somebody like maybe Ted Cruz or just Nate, pick a name, pick a name, a more seasoned debater might have been able to handle that with a little bit more class and dignity. But Donald Trump is Donald Trump. The point you made earlier, he's a finished product. You have to know that, Chris Wallace. You have to know that he's going to respond the way that he did. And if you're Donald Trump... I'm sorry. That's the only way 
I, I think that's the, he, he responded really the only way that you could, because if you don't attempt to absolutely control, even if it means being obnoxious and hated, if you do not control that, you're going to get rolled with the questions. And if they weren't questions, they were they were more attacks from Chris Wallace, yeah, postulations, postulations yeah. from Chris Wallace. And Chris Wallace was not a moderator. He inserted himself into the, the, the debate last night. And so I think Chris Wallace is as big of a story. I see everybody saying, well, but we need to send Chris Wallace to a spa. No, he's 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 not. He's not the biggest problem because those two guys still went after each other. But he is he is one A or one B. I'm sorry, one B when it comes to to the negativity of last night. So I think he has as big of a, a role to play in what we saw last night as anything whatsoever. Aaron, the point you just made there, I think, is freaking brilliant. And I hope the audience really absorbs it. That this isn't Chris Wallace's first rodeo with Donald Trump. Uh, he was one of the he was the moderator, of, I think, the very first GOP debate uh, that Fox did uh, in the 2016 primary, for example. That was the uh, bleeding out of her whatever debate, if you remember that one. All right. With Megyn Kelly. Um, he had to know going in. That if you start every question from the premise of a democratic talking point, as, as, for, for example, climate change, Mr. President, what are your views on climate change and what policies would you like to see uh, towards that end? Instead, it was, you know, uh, th- his three minute position yeah. on climate change. You have to know Trump is not going to accept the premise of your question. You have to know this. So so do you want Trump to debate you or do you want the people at home to be watching and learning what Trump thinks? So one way, ask them an open-ended question and you get that answer. The other is making yourself the candidate. That is a great point. He should have known going in how Trump would react to these things and that he just further instigated whatever that was last night. Yeah. And he never let us and he never let us foot off the gas. He did this on every issue. I remember remember when he said, well, I'm going to get to an issue you want to talk about, sir, the riots. And then he threw in Tulsa, comparing Tulsa yeah. to Chicago. Remember this? Yep. Okay. Everything he yep. did, yes, everything he did last night was in order was was a postulation of the other guy's premise on every issue, which only added to what we saw uh, from those two. That's a great point, Aaron. And I want to I want to make it clear that doesn't necessarily absolve Trump no. of the douchery, but I but mean, no one was but, an adult last but, night. But what you're talking about the testosterone that cuts the other way as well, especially when you have somebody like trump who's actually compared to biden up there on stage biden was up there and pale i don't know if you noticed that as well pale mm-hmm. trump actually had color in his face i mean it was it nobody was an adult that's absolutely right but the thing about you know testosterone picking up that cuts both ways and sure. chris wallace did no favors whatsoever uh, it, you know i don't understand the debate coaching of rudy giuliani and and uh chris christie I mean, I mean, Rudy Giuliani went from the front runner in the 2008 campaign uh, for the GOP nomination to the guy that kept skipping states because he couldn't win any. Uh, And then you look at Chris Christie, his one great debate performance cost him his candidacy. That's when he kamikaze Marco Rubio in the New Hampshire primary debate. You guys remember that? But he, but he was such a douchebag to Rubio. Yeah, he hurt Rubio tremendously. But he was such a douchebag in the process that it cost Christie his own candidacy. It was a kamikaze run. Those were Trump's debate coaches. And you could definitely see their influence coming out 
last night. I mean, that looked like a, some Rudy Giuliani random call to Fox and Friends, and, and combined with Chris Christie's, uh, you know, kamikaze uh, debate performance in New Hampshire four years ago. I, I, I get different debate coaches. I would do that as well. Or maybe they just hire the people that are going to incentivize the way he wants to behave. I don't know. But ultimately, somebody has to be an adult. And your point about Wallace should have known going in that approaching every issue from these premises was going to stoke this, was going to uh, provoke this. And that is exactly what happened. Todd, you want to respond to that? I I don't disagree. And I think it's funny that I'm the one I didn't even mention Wallace, even though I'm journalism, is magical and not at all broken guy. I, yeah, I just, he was actually worse than I thought uh, he was going to yeah, be, which is saying something. Bad, but, you know, okay, the, you know, then spin it and just start debating Wallace and, and, and again, marginalize Joe as utterly irrelevant, just keeping over there, you know, drooling on him. So you, at some point, we need to ask him to, you know, not suck, not this show again, but good grief. I said yesterday, I don't think, I don't remember Trump having a, a great debate last time. I'm not even sure if he had a uh, good one. And and now, after four years of this, and again, when the obvious answer was the joyful warrior on behalf of the American people and the things that matter to them and the things that they're scared of, and you just couldn't or wouldn't do it. You could have made Chris Wallace wear that over and over and over again which marginalizes both him and Joe at the same time. It was, we had two minutes out of 90 that were competent from the current president of the United States. Two. It's our country. I'm doing this at local school board meetings. I'm doing it all over the, I'm tired of all of you, Republican or Democrat. It's ours. Stop effing with it at every turn. You are destroying it. And yes, Donald Trump, you more than anybody else deserves to hear that today. I am sick of all of you. You suck at this. It's un-American at every turn. I want my damn country back. And if it comes down into a dark alley... I don't know who's going to end up winning or losing. I'm going to make sure you hurt Dull. All of you. I promise you that. I'm not sure how to even follow that other than amen. I will add, this news will surprise you. The ratings for the last 15 minutes of the debate last night were higher than they were for the first 15 minutes. The audience actually stayed all the way to the end. And didn't tune out, which tells me people are were desperate to cling for somebody to show a light in the darkness. And it just never really happened. We'll come back, play Buy, Sell, or Hold here with Hour 2 next. We are back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, podcast. Steve Dace here. One more hour to go from Dallas here at Blaze HQ. Then I am rushing out of here to catch a flight back home to Iowa. That's where Todd and Aaron are joining us from 
here today on the program. 888-900-3393 is the number. If you'd like to join us, too, you can also let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. Email the program, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us. Who? pardon me. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show over on Parlor at Steve Dace and then YouTube.com slash Steve Dace as well. If you're a podcast listener, thank you so much. Please uh, show your appreciation for the show by clicking the subscribe button, giving us a five-star review on whichever podcast platform uh, you access our show from. Thanks to all of you that have done that. Uh, and, and please keep them coming because the more of those we get, the more it helps the show to grow. At the bottom of the hour our good friend and weekly prophet of woe and lamentation daniel horowitz will be giving us his thoughts on last night's debate when he takes us inside politics but we go next to one of our favorite segments of the week buy seller hold sponsored by fundrise you know you've heard for years that it's important to have a diversified portfolio you know like stocks bonds mutual funds that kind of thing but if you've ever looked at a breakdown of the most successful portfolios you'll typically see a diversified set of real estate so why isn't it one of the first asset classes you consider when you're looking to diversify well simply It's just not available to a lot of investors like you and me until now because of the capital necessary. But thanks to Fundrise, that's all different. They'll make it easier for investors to diversify by building you a portfolio of institutional quality real estate investments. So whether you're starting to invest in real estate or looking to add more, our friends at Fundrise have you covered. They're an investing platform that makes investing in high quality, high potential real estate as easy as investing in your favorite stock or mutual fund. Fundrise has you covered and has managed more than to date $1 billion in assets for over 130,000 investors. And since 2014, Fundrise has averaged an 8.7 to 12.4% annual annual return for its investors and has paid out more than $79 million in dividends alone. So start building your better portfolio today. Get started at Fundrise.com slash Dace. That's D-E-A-C-E. Fundrise.com slash Dace to have your first 90 days of advisory fees waived. Three months of advisory fees waived when you go to Fundrise, F-U-N-D-R-I-S-E, Fundrise.com slash Dace. Again, that's Fundrise.com slash Dace. All right, here we go. Buy, sell, or hold. Aaron throws out with help from you in the audience. A series of predictions or what have you that Todd, you and I will decide opinions maybe are we buying that are we selling that since it is 2020 the year of uncertainty we are suspending the the hold cap you can use as many holds as you need to because this year is one that frankly we would like to hold all right you guys ready aaron fire all right we'll start with ryan ben who says roberts will join in a majority opinion to overturn roe for the sole purpose of assigning the main opinion to someone other than thomas or acb uh, I'll sell. I don't think that will have anything to do with the opinion that he'll give. Well, first of all, you have to you have to call the question of Roe. They have to be willing to give cert to a piece of legislation that that confronts it. And we don't have really a piece of legislation working its way through the federal courts at the moment that I'm aware of that does. So that's number one. Number two, then they have to be willing to grant cert. Uh, then number three, I think Roberts would go the way um, of the majority of the court. So I'm going to sell on that analysis, every bit of it. I'm going to sell as well, but I think this comes from a place of uh, understanding that Roberts is too smart by half and what he tried to do with uh, 
the Obamacare and was it a tax or not a tax. So I think that's the premise it comes from, and it's a premise worth considering. But overall, I, I, I don't think that's going to happen. Up next, we have John Edicott, who says Mount Rushmore of rock and roll vocalists, Freddie Mercury, Robert Plant, Brad Delp, and Steve Perry. Um, I mean, Steve Perry is arguably the most underrated rock vocalist ever, but he doesn't belong on the Mount Rushmore. But who's I, the I Delp think it's guy? Ins- I think it's inspired. I'm trying to remember, actually, now that you mention that. Who is that? I don't know. Who is that? Aaron, do you know? Yeah, I remember uh, Boston. Oh, that's... Oh. Well, I mean, I... Uh, I mean, Boston, okay. I mean, great band, but... That dude had great range, but the if you... Fact, if, the fact that that's an our age group, Todd, and we both and we asked ourselves, who is that? Yeah. Uh, that's going to be a negative for me. Um, I'm fine with Robert Plant. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I'm He's fine with... I'm, I'm, I'm okay with Freddie Mercury. He, he, he would be probably... On the edge of being one of my four, he, if, if I was debating who my fourth was going to be, I mean, I think in his prime, you have to have Roger Daughtry on there in his prime. I mean, it's kind of sad. It's several years ago when they did the Super Bowl show, him and Pete Townsend. I mean, he can't hit like any of those notes or anything anymore, but I mean, in his prime, I mean, that's what made The Who such a great band. You could make an argument that every member of that band belongs on a Mount Rushmore list at their respective position. Certainly Keith Moon is, is, there's not even a debate. He's on the Mount Rushmore of drummers. That's not even a debatable point. You debate on whether Townsend belongs on there, but you wouldn't laugh at the idea. I would argue you couldn't debate that Entwistle belongs on the list of bassists. So I certainly think Roger Daughtry belongs on that list. Um, so I've got him. I've got Plant. What's the term he used? Front, is it frontman? Mount man? Rushmore of rock and roll vocalists. Of oh, vocalists, yeah. You want to take another stab at this? Well, I I, th- I see where he's going with just it, not pu- not not in the totality, just just the voice and the voice alone. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's. You know, on second thought, I might go with maybe I'll go with this decision with Perry. Maybe I'll do that, just because it's his vocals were are just remarkable on every one of the and the range as well. You know, from the classic power ballad to Wheel in the Sky. Um, so I'll, I'll go ahead and put Perry on there. I just, you know, here's my issue with Steve Perry, because I love Steve Perry Journey. I think I've told you guys before, the first two CDs I ever bought were Big Daddy Kane, It's a Big Daddy Thing, and Journey's Greatest Hits at the Music Land at Southridge Mall in Des Moines, Iowa. Okay? Those were the first two CDs I ever bought when we made the transition from cassette tapes. I just, dude, freaking hated Oh Sherry, and I still hate that song. That was like his one solo hit. You remember that song, I Todd? Do. I freaking hate that song. I hate it. Hate it. Hate it. It's so annoying. And so maybe I'm having a hard time getting over that because when I look at the rest of his body of work, it's it's pretty spectacular. So, okay. I'm okay with it. Coming up with... So I've got Mercury. I've got Perry. I've got Plant. And I've got Daughtry. I'm going to go with those four. All right, moving on to David Schoen, who says, Jerry Springer would have been a better moderator than Chris Wallace. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll buy that. I-, I think it was more in his wheelhouse. Um, so I'll buy that, sure. Well, as, as frustrating as the bias is, it's also just the, the premises of you, you agreed to the rules, you agreed to the rules, you, read the room, just... Uh, Get out of the way. 
just get out of the way. I it that's as bad as the uh, the bias is more baked into the cake at this point with all those guys, including a half the Fox News tribe. But th- that nonsense. Wh- why? Why are we doing? Wh- why are you even there anymore? Let's just have it mano y mano, especially with these two guys. There was just no point to try to keep the monkey cage clean last night because that's all it was. <laughs> so, in other words, Jerry Springer, hey, commenso festival, yeah. right? Yeah. If, if if we're gonna go, we're going with us. Go with a smile. Yeah. We're going down. Yeah. Okay. Sugar, we're going down swinging. That that would have been Jerry uh, Jerry Springer's mo if he were the moderator last night. I hear you. Okay. Up next, Luke says the Chiefs in the 2020s will cover the spread more often than the Patriots did during the 2010s. Uh, also, defense isn't good enough. I think, and as they and if, if and you're going to see inflated spreads too, which just beg for backdoor covers. So I'll sell. I'll sell because this again, uh, Chiefs, great, amazing. Let's slow your role on this a little bit as just you you want you, you fantastic team but you, you just compared yourself to the patriots dynasty for an entire decade you just this is what even like even humble guys like kurt warner he, he got he won that one oh we're gonna win about they just you, it's hard to keep winning it's, it's really hard, hard. Yeah. all right so take it I, from a guy who's the fan of a team that has had back-to-back the two best quarterbacks in their franchise's history, arguably two best quarterbacks of their era, back to back, and only and those guys each have only won one Super Bowl so far. It is hard to keep doing it. Yes, people it's, keep talking about the last. We've never seen an athlete like uh, he's the nicest guy. You can't help but root for him, you know. But we've always had the next generation of the next gen. We haven't seen the Eagles uh, quarterback who took over for Jaws. Um, forgive, I can't remember his name. Randall Cunningham. Randall Cunningham. Same yeah. thing. I mean, we talk about the next. There's always that guy. He is. He's so fun to watch. He's so good. And then you got to do it again. And you got to do it again. And you got to do it again. So just just on the preposterousness Slow your of complain, comparing yourself to the greatest football dynasty in NFL history, can, can you just maybe win the next Super Bowl this year? If this was the next like three years, I might have bought and and compared it to any run uh, of three years against the Patriots, I might have bought. But their their salary cap, uh, their salary cap. I will add, it is it is interesting to see how the Chiefs are becoming the the uh, the craw in everybody's side uh, now. That's that's kind of funny. Uh, I'm not annoyed. I enjoy watching them. <laughs> yeah, I don't hate them. Yeah. Up next is Sniper. B- I just thought that B- was a bad take. That's yeah. all. <laughs> Up next is Sniper BBB. Who says, if people, especially celebs, couldn't use third-party tax preparers, a flat tax or similar plan would get overwhelming support. Preach. Preach. Bye. Bye. Yeah. It's a great take. Up next, Twit Madness says, Mandalorian will suffer from a sophomore slump. I like the trailer. I have to sell just because I need this to not be true. Okay. I'm going to sell. That was my reaction as well. On hope, man. I, I, I need this to not be true. Okay. And, so I'm selling. And I actually think well, it was it was it was undeniably good that first season. Uh, I think it left almost purposefully left a, a lot of meat on the bone. A, a lot of the yeah. great because it wants to sustain itself. Don't agreed. You, you can't go like it's really hard 
if you just pack it all into one season and make it just, you know, I guess the only, Star Wars did it with Empire Strikes Back. Um, but then look at what happened. I mean, we, we're, we talk more about how Star Wars sucks now these days, okay? They're, they're just playing it smart. It was good enough to be really good and fun. There's, I think greatness is absolutely in the cards to come, and they were smart not to just try too hard, like clearly a lot of people have. Up next, we've got F.U. Paladin who says, Easter candy is better than Halloween candy. Uh, sell. Because you don't have things, as much as I love my Cadbury mini eggs, but you don't have things like the caramel apple Milky Ways that are insanely good. The, uh, the, the pumpkin Kit Kats that are insanely good. All right, so you don't have all the pumpkin stuff at Easter, so that's already a sell. But, you know, the, the, the apple-flavored, the caramel apple-flavored stuff at the exact same time, now that I'm talking about it, I really don't even think it's close. That's a hideous <laughs> take. That is a hideous take. Sell. I'm not getting on the way of candy versus candy on the Steve Day show, you know. I just... <laughs> listen, who was that? Uh, F.U. Paladin. Yeah, dude. Yeah, your first two initials there, brother. I'm taking you to Candyland, all right? <laughs> Mess with the bull, get the horns. I like That's an how awful at the beginning of that he felt, oh, like, oh Steve's going to really think about this one at the end. He's just shivved. <laughs> yes, now I'm just pissed. Yeah, that's a terrible <laughs> candy take. Yes. Uh, up next, Holly Martin says, we will finally have a Buckeye World Series, Cleveland in six. Well, last year I hit on the Nationals 22 to one to win the World Series. And I did it strictly off of it wasn't I didn't actually think they were going to win the World Series. Just thought that was great odds for a team with such a strong pitching staff. You know, I learned from one of the best, Kurt Schilling. He knows a thing or two about winning baseball games in the postseason, right? I mean, he's one of the greatest all-time postseason pitchers in the history of the grand old game. And two things he said to me: Hey, if you've got three starters, if you can get a game to the seventh inning and power pitching, strikeout pitchers win in the postseason. And the Nats had all three of those things. And so getting that at 22 to one in so many five or seven game series, I thought that's such great value. I had to take it. It just ended up paying off and in a very peculiar way where they were the first team to win a world series without winning a home game that had never happened before. I don't know. We'll ever live to see it happen again unless it happens this year because of the craziness with, you know, no crowds with COVID. So this year I'm, I'm going with the same formula and the, the play I made. Now I don't think there's a bad bet on the board. I think the Dodgers are clearly better than everybody else. You can get them at almost three to one. So that that's a that's good value. But I'm playing the Indians 20 to 1 because like the Nats last year, they were number 2 in the league in ERA, number 1 in strikeouts, okay? Now I know they took it uh they they got shelled last night going up against the Yankees and their number 1 starter. Well, who's the Yankees number 2 starter? Who's their number 3 starter? I mean, that's why with that lineup, would they finish like 5 games behind the Rays in the division Todd or something like that? So We'll see what happens tonight, but I'm on the Indians. That's my play this year. I'm going back to the well like I did with the Nats last year. I'm going to take the team whose pitching staff says they should be getting a lot better odds than 20 to 1. So I'm going to play the Indians. I already have. Well, I've got to sell. I mean, you're not. If you're right about this, this is, you know, picking Cleveland versus Cincinnati in this year. I mean, man, we Steve should. If be I cl- do this two years in a row, what are you doing, Todd? If I do this with the oh, World Series winner well, if you do- two years in a row, what are you going to do? Well, no, I mean, you're good at this. Well, I'm telling you, but you're not picking Cincinnati versus Cleveland. That's no. what this guy's doing, right? No, oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, if he does... Although if, Cincinnati it has a similar profile with, with their pitching profile 
and their odds. They're a good value Still, bet as well. This yeah. is baseball. If he pulls this off, you should be calling him on a weekly basis, Steve, for what he knows. Because that calling you. your shot okay. in baseball in general, let alone when you've got double the teams in it, wow. Hey, guys, buy, sell, or hold. Harvard would come out, will come out with a, a, a study showing hydroxychloroquine is an effective prophylactic against COVID. Sell. Todd, buy, sell, or hold. I know what you're doing here. I see. I'm picking up what you're laying down. It happened. I know. Like two hours ago. Harvard University, guys, Harvard, came out with a study that showed co- uh, that hydroxychloroquine, not a, not a cure, but a prophylactic, meaning that if you think you may be positive or early onset symptoms, it has up to a 20% r- risk reduction by using it as a prophylactic. The, That's Harvard University. And the New York Times is writing about Sweden now. It's being unmemory yes. hold. They're just putting this... This is like the Des Moines Register back in the day when I was there endorsing Steve King early on while everybody else is... Adept. It's so far-fetched. They're like, it doesn't. we have no candidate there. But it shows, look, we're open-minded. We can... No, they're not. They're just now, let like, me throw we, something else out there that and i hate thinking this way but do you think the day after that debate performance they're like you know sweden's okay and hydroxychloroquine might actually work because you got to know they want to start the power of attorney presidency off with one hell of a over, first quarter economic yeah. growth yeah no, absolutely yeah, but that's my thing they i hate just, thinking that way but no. do you think that, that, that that's interesting timing that's all i'm saying it's interesting time oh, yeah and so they slide this kind of stuff out there now yeah, and they yeah. just yeah. So see, we were we we were never against this. So it's, we're following the it's, evidence, and the yeah. evidence said, hey, Sweden didn't have a second wave. Hydroxychloroquine is at least a prophylactic. Hey, we just followed the evidence, guys. That's all that we did. Yeah. Okay. Up next, we've got Raymond Fava, who says all of Steve's election slash poll analysis is meaningless because this is a novel election. Kind of a play on uh, we're throwing out the laws of virology. Oh, I like it. Now I have to hold. It could be true. That, that could actually be true, that we are on, we're, we're three seconds from Fort Sumter. And so a, a lot of embedded, I wouldn't say laws, but embedded precedents, traditions, just aren't as valid and meaningful as they otherwise would be. So um, I think it's possible that that is true. I, I, I could see that. So, you know, what? I'll even buy it. It's possible that that is true. I, I even I even hinted at this at the top of the show, didn't I? And in, in, normally I would say, dude, we're freaking toast after last night. But how many times have I thought Donald Trump was toast the last five years? And here he is running for re-election. So I, I think there's at least some merit to this. So bye. I, I'm selling because of what Steve has done uh, this last year by telling you, admitting to himself, and then telling you, and I'll say, and this was in the vein of Socrates, understanding how he knows how much he doesn't know on this. If this time in 2015, we, I could not believe the the way Steve would reset to the next like. I know. I was writing si- for the Washington Times. I wrote a column for them after that Iowa event I mentioned yeah. again earlier. Trump is dead. Uh, Bobby Jindal was the star. Ted Cruz shined. I mean, I just like wrote him off thinking it was like over. So, yeah, you're right. But every de- yeah. every single statistical angle under the sun you, you were parsing, we went over it all the time on the show. I was just amazing you would find another angle on mining the data. And and your confidence in mining the data almost, you know, almost always warranted. But you've just been willing to set that down, which is why you're probably getting as good of 
analysis from Steve as you've ever been before, even though he can't be that comprehensive because at least he's willing to admit that to himself, which clearly you know a lot of the pollsters aren't. Not only that, aren't they willing to admit it, their thumbs are in their fists are on the scale. Next, we have Caleb Google, who says the over-under of total Big Ten games canceled because of COVID is at six and a half. Hmm. Um, and so we have, what, 14 teams times eight guaranteed games. What is that? 72 games or 112 Nine. games, right? Yep. 112. Four, am I right? yeah yeah let's say okay. you're right was it yeah. just canceled or was there rescheduled canceled because yeah, take... they're not gonna be able to reschedule these games there's no buys yeah. okay so there's not gonna be um it's it's all consecutive um, weeks so there won't be any reschedules right now in college football about 15 percent of the games so far have been canceled or postponed um and so what's I think the Big Ten will be lower than that because of the daily antigen testing we'll avoid all the waves of contact tracing but I still think it may be higher than six and a half. All right. So I'll go I'll go over. I'll take the under because I hate all this. Next. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I just I, I this is a great way for Rutgers to cancel its season. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and they're playing eight games by themselves, so they'd be over just on Rutgers. Yeah. Okay. Uh Todd says notorious ACB gets confirmed before the wasps in the studio get killed. <laughs> they're res- they're resilient. I mean they'll be killed, but they'll be back. They'll be back. They like this place. I have to buy. Yeah. We'll go on to Elliot Evans who says grown men who use emojis are committing a dude code violation. Uh, this is courtesy of Matt Walsh who looked yeah, I'm the, us, I, who I'm lit the website on fire the other day. Yeah, I, I do some of this stuff to relate to my daughters and stuff like that and because they hate it. They, they, you know, I like to tease them with dad being out of touch and things of that nature. So I'm and plus I, I can be taken so literally when I'm communicating to people on a text or something that. I, I I don't want him to take it overly mean, so I'll throw like a little smiley face or something in there. So I'm I'm, I'm gonna sell. Yeah. Sell. So, so, but okay. my my admiration for Matt Walsh's ability to have such strong and thick headed uh, uh, convictions on meaningless things, I I'm truly impressed by it. Yeah, the see, dude code affirms. See, yes. I'm I'm. Uh, this is not addressed at either one of you for selling, but I, I am closer to actually buying that now after seeing the unhinged reaction that he got from certain people. Only on maybe Twitter. confirming his suspicion. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, next, Joshua Nippa says pumpkin spice bacon. There's a nice picture. Buy. Thick cut hayride bacon. Small batch. Dude, pumpkin spice. That be that would be phenomenal, man. So. I mean that that. I don't know why that's any different than maple bacon. Buy. Sell. They do this. Buy. They cover it in chocolate. Don't do the Bacon is not a dessert. Stop it. Not with that. I had my first ever. I'm not giving the company a plug unless they sign up, but I just had my first ever pumpkin spice protein bar. Holy crap. It was good. Holy cow. Great. Uh, Next, we have Scott Tyndall, who says mask wearing will plunge in the northern half of the country when the temperature drops below 32 degrees and everyone sees their breath escaping around their masks. So I would like to I would like to buy that. But yeah, if it hasn't turned out yet, yeah, it's not. Yeah, I don't think that will do it. What will do it is, is next year, warmer weather. And I'm just frankly sick of this and I want to move on with my life. Yeah, I got to sell. Everybody's going to pack into, start packing into high school gyms to watch basketball and 
They're yep. They're all gonna do it. Yep. Uh, let's see. Let's move on to some uh, submissions on Parlor. We got through those a lot faster than I thought we would. Uh, Patrick Walsh says after last night, Fox's ratings will slide, and OAN will be the benefactor. Sell. Fox wasn't the only ones uh, so. carrying it. Yeah. So, uh, let's see. Denise uh, McCullough, or Dennis McCullough, I should say, Justice Thomas should resign now so Trump can replace him in case Trump doesn't win the election. Sell. I see what you're thinking. Yeah. I, I think, I, I don't think late. it's a terrible idea, but I think it's too late now with, with Ruth Bader Ginsburg's passing, so I'll sell. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Keith Rickard says the top five most underrated first basemen of all time, Fred McGriff for Will let's Clark. Do, let's do these one at a time since we don't have them on screen. Okay. okay. Uh, Fred McGriff, I'm okay with that. Todd, you okay with that? Yeah. Did he we, ever get his 500th home run? Remember, he was chasing it, right? Did he ever get it? Wasn't he? You know? was, he's like right on the line. Like, because if he, I can't remember because the debate was, would he be the only right. 500 home run guy that didn't get in the Hall of Fame? Right. Okay. For, All right, so we both agree on McGriff. Sure. For Will Clark. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Still the prettiest swing, maybe. When I make myself or my son on my MLB The Show game, I always use Will Clark's swing. Still pretty. Yeah. Three Keith Hernandez. Sure. That's a great pick, yep. too. Yeah, both for the Cardinals and the Mets. Yeah, you bet. Two John Olerud. 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 That's okay. That's before your time. I wouldn't put him ahead of any of the guys we just mentioned. I, I agree he's underrated, yeah. but I wouldn't put him in ahead of any yeah, of the he guys we just mentioned. It, he does not feel like he's ahead of them. Yeah, so I'm going to sell on that one. Could and be. one Dick Allen. Dick wow. Allen. Yeah, you're talking about a guy who was an MVP for the White Sox back in the 70s, I want to say, when they wore the uh, powder blues. I think that's what he's talking about. Um, so if I'm right about that, then yeah, I think you got four out of five. That's a pretty good list overall. He doesn't a good job like, by you. He doesn't feel like number one, though. His, no, I would have had probably Keith Hernandez or one of the people we already mentioned, right. number one. Yeah. Right. Tiny Johnny says the sign of revival in California will be thousands of pigs running into the Pacific. <laughs> sure. So, bye. All right. Bye. I'll buy that. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Brian Cato says CNN would classify the mob outside Lot's house as peaceful protest outside Lot's bye. house. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Very well played. Bye. That's well done. Uh, let's see. Uh, Cole Price says, James O'Keefe of Project Veritas will have to go into hiding before Elon Omar flees to Somalia. Um, I could see him having to do that depending on the outcome of this election. I could see that. Yeah. I mean, I, I could see him, whatever you think's going on in California with David Delighton, I could see him being a, a far bigger target. Um, so... I could buy something like that, yeah. Yeah, and she won't have to go all the way back to Somalia. She's got plenty of places to hide just within that city up there. Joni's uh, Land says, uh, the college football national championship game will be delayed three weeks due to players testing positive for COVID. They'll decide to play at the weekend before the Super Bowl. Sell. So. Uh, sell. So uh, right now, I don't think that's inconceivable but right now, a lot of things would have to move. NFL draft schedules and everything else to make that occur. 
So this is one of the reasons why these conferences are all rushing to get their seasons in, <clears throat> pardon me, to, to build a resume for the college football playoff because there's a tight window there to fit all of that in before the calendar flips to the NFL draft. So I'm going to sell right now, but I don't think that that's impossible that it could happen eventually. I'm selling. Uh, let's do this last one here. Uh, Christine Hare says, if Trump loses the election, they will have to forcefully remove Joe Biden from his basement. You mean in order to move into the White House? It's, it's a joke. Yeah, it's, oh, okay. It's yeah. a joke. Yeah, so. Everybody's right, joking so. about... Um, yeah, it's not a good one. Yeah, so, it was actually so. hilarious. You're just, you're just right, not picking up what, what I'm putting it putting down here okay. so, so yeah it's so it's hard wouldn't have gotten to this point if y'all would have talked more what's your deal today come on it's hard to laugh <laughs> hey chris wallace you're the moderator about the transfer job. Of power it's going to be a disaster after the election an absolute disaster one way to avoid that make uh having a transfer of power unnecessary that that's one way to avoid it So what does our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation think? Daniel Horowitz is going to join us here next. Stay tuned. You know, people do all kinds of nice things for their dogs, walk their dogs, run with their dogs, play with their dogs. But you know what your dog could really use? Nutrients, that's where Rough Greens VitaSmart comes in because a lot of the food that we buy our pets at the store these days has been sterilized for mass production and consumption. So all the good stuff, those live organisms or the vitamins, nutrients, pre-probiotics, omega oils, etc. A lot of that stuff is taken out. Same thing goes with our human food. That's why we buy and consume so many supplements today. Your dog could use one now too. And that's where Rough Greens comes in. It's not a dog food, but a dog food supplement. You sprinkle it on the food your dog already loves and put the good stuff back in your dog's food that they've been missing this entire time. And if my dog cap is any indication, it's going to make your dog love their food even more because he loves this stuff. If you want to see, if you don't see a, a, a better impression from your pet in 14 days or less uh, try the rough start the rough greens jumpstart 14 day bag today for just 14.95 again just 14.95 and you go to roughgreens.com slash blaze that's r-u-f-f for roughgreens.com slash blaze again that's roughgreens.com slash blaze let's bring in our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation the man himself daniel horowitz so Daniel, the three of us have given all of our analysis on last night's debate. We'd now like to hear yours. When someone's in the process of hanging themselves, you kick the bucket, you don't cut the rope. I mean, it's that simple. And uh, Biden was doing that for him. Look, everyone expected Biden to come out and say some like la la land, you know, unfortunate thing that someone in their final stage of Alzheimer's would say or something. And he's clearly not. There's some something going on with him, but it's not that advanced and he could remain lucid for a period of time. But there's lucid and then there's the ability to look into a camera and articulate your position rapid fire mm-hmm. on various issues in a dynamic way that Trump clearly is capable of doing that. And I think he was certainly very energetic last night. The problem is this. Here's the bottom line. Trump was never cornered on a single issue last night. Biden was cornered on every single issue. He was forced to run away from defunding the police, from the rioters, from the new Green Deal, from packing the Supreme Court, and from lockdowns. 
that one really shocked me. That, to me, was the biggest news of the night. He ran away from it, even tried to accuse Trump of of shutting down the economy. And Trump maybe started to press him, but then he needs to allow him to answer. Uh, uh, yeah, deer in the headlights. Let everyone see that and then jump in later. Instead, he jumped in with Hunter Biden, jumped in with all sorts of stuff, and he wouldn't let the guy talk. So the problem is what bothers people – this election boils down to this. What bothers people about Trump is his personality. Right? That, that, that's 100 percent. What bothers people about the Democrats is their radicalism. You need to spend every minute of your airtime obfuscating your weakness, a.k.a. your erratic personality – your perception of being a bully, and you have to accentuate Biden's weakness, which is being radical. You could also have not being lucid, too, and both of those would have been accentuated by making him defend himself. And the minute he tried to defend himself in a very indefensible way, Trump kept just talking over him. That, to me, was the biggest thing. It was what Gore did to Bush. I can't believe it was 20 years ago. It's crazy. Seems like it was yesterday. The first debate with Bush, um, Gore was viewed as a lot more seasoned. Bush was very nervous uh, back then. And he really didn't do as well on policy in that debate. But he won the debate because Gore kind of got in his way, you know, when he wasn't talking about the lockbox he was uh, just sighing and hemming and hawing. But even then, he didn't talk over him that much. Now, I think unlike then, where there was so much more dynamic undecideds in the electorate back then, and there was a lot more movement and juice that Bush scored or achieved through that debate, I don't think Biden's going to get a bump necessarily from this. I don't think it's necessarily going to hurt Trump. But – and if your belief is that Trump is ahead, then fine. But if your belief is that he is somewhat behind and he needed to win back some of those voters based on them being turned off by by Biden's radicalism, it was a missed opportunity. And again, that was embodied in the single most important policy line of the debate, which was Biden saying, I am the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party is me now. To me, that is something he could hang around his neck, hang around his neck every single radical thing every Democrat has done and has said. And he had, despite our colleagues criticizing Chris Wallace, and there's what to criticize, but he gave him ample opportunity to do that. He gave him ample opportunity. Some of the questions were actually very good. And he, he was Biden's. He bailed Biden out numerous times. Trafalgar Group, which was the, uh, the by far the most accurate battleground state pollster in 2016, a GOP polling group, heading into last night's debate, had Trump, it was close, but narrowly behind in every key Rust Belt state that he had to win, uh, but within their margin for error, but still behind. So if the election, if people had to go out and vote today after what they watched last night, because I said this earlier, this is almost like Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon got together to do a movie about how two cranky old boomers could purposefully do what they could to drive down turnout. 
that if, if you loved Trump coming in, you loved the fact that he checked every box and brought up Hunter Biden more than um, tax cuts, defeating ISIS and Roe v. Wade, which he said wasn't on the ballot, bizarrely. Um, if you loved Joe Biden coming in, then you loved the fact he looked at Trump and called him a racist and a clown and the worst president ever and a liar, uh, because it seemed like these guys played to respective flanks in their own base over and over again. But if you're an undecided voter, and I, I view an undecided voter in this election as not on issues, but somebody that would prefer not to turn the country over to whoever is behind Joe Biden, but isn't yet sure about giving the country back to Donald Trump for another four years or looking for some kind of reassurance from these people. I mean, I, I could see those voters if the election were today, just I'm not voting for either one of these guys. Just I just not vote. We'll just see what happens. If the election were today, what would happen? I, look, you know, my, my view is that Trump is behind, albeit well within winning territory, not as much as some of the uh, pollsters or media are portraying it. But I think ultimately, if you believe that's the case, then at the end of the day, the guy who is behind is 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 harmed by that because, you know, it's just no runs, no hits, no errors. You run out the clock and and that's what it is. Uh, the guy who's ahead is going to win. So to me, so that brings me to my follow up question. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I just want to say, Steve, I don't think he I'm not trying to say he blew himself up. I think everyone understood that's what Trump is. I don't think there's anything new there. I think in general, over the last generation, the importance of debates has really plummeted just because of the constant exposure of the candidates it used to be back in the 60s and 70s that was the big event that's when you saw them not so much anymore um i just think it was a missed opportunity do you agree with me by the way that that's who the most likely undecided voter in this election is because they're not driven by issues they're driven by reassurance okay they're they're driven exactly okay all right they, they don't like they don't like his personality um to them his personality was kind of new four years ago. Agreed. And, and it's, but it's also, I don't think Biden helped himself as much as he probably should have given Trump's performance because oh, he no. took the bait, calling him a racist <laughs> and all this kind of, if I want a douchey president, said, if I'm a, sub- yeah, if I'm a suburbanite, you and I live in places like where these voters are located. That's why I know who, that's why I think I have a good handle on who they are. If these people wanted a douchey president, they just vote for Trump because they agree with him more on the issues than they do with Biden. You know what I'm saying? What they want from yeah. Biden is somebody aspirational, somebody that makes them, you know, not ashamed to have their kids watch a debate or the news. And to hear Biden get down into the muck and mire while the Young Turks guys were probably self-pleasuring to that last night. Those voters in suburbs like where you and I live, that's not actually what they're looking for from Joe Biden. They, they actually see him as the person that can like rise above that and return us to a time when it was safe to watch the news. I, I think he kind of took the bait on that stuff. Steve, that's a terrific point, and I think it kind of balances out some of the other analysis you've given that we're not saying that Trump is going to tank from this. And I believe that's exactly the point, because it wasn't one of these debates where one guy is clearly a bully, which you could say Trump was, and you mm-hmm. feel bad for the other person. I spoke with my mother, and you know I'm all into the nuanced points like, oh my gosh, he admitted lockdowns were, were are terrible and schools should reopen. She was like, he told him to shut up. And to me, the biggest selling point of, of Biden's campaign is that Trump is not presidential. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, I'm better. I'm a better human being than he is. I'm a better human being. Yes. And he 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 just he looked weird. He was constantly making his clown faces the whole time. And you could even argue from his vantage point, he was justified in being frustrated. Trump wouldn't let him talk. But like you said, he took the bait. He didn't look refined himself. 
So, again, I just think it cancels itself out. I don't think Biden scored points, but I think Trump could have pounded him into the ground on the Yeah, I, I think the whole thing to me, and I said this on our Blaze TV coverage with Glenn and, and the panel last night, if I was on the Trump campaign, I would view this not as a loss-loss. This was a massive opportunity cost loss. Yes. I mean, there were opportunities all over the board on the on the white supremacist question. Why don't I look at, at, at Biden and say last week I declared the KKK a domestic terrorist group, which he did while you as a vice president were eulogizing their former grand cyclops as a friend, guide and mentor. Yep. I'll not be lectured to about racism from you on pre-existing conditions. Dude, you and I were complaining about this in this health care plan last week. They were going to cover every pre-existing conditions. In the first five minutes of that debate, he got hammered over and over by Biden and Wallace on pre-existing conditions. He never once mentioned his own health care plan covers pre-existing conditions. To me, this was opportunity cost were all over the board. And except for a couple of times where he said to him, hey, show us the law enforcement organization that's supporting you. Uh, will yeah. you stack the court? Except for a couple of those moments, he basically just fo- fixated on stuff that people that are going to vote for him 75 times care about, like Hunter Biden, or on just trying to pester the old man which frankly i think woke him up people with dementia don't struggle to rise to a confrontation in fact they're always on edge looking for one what they struggle with are the details of life yes the the specifics and nuances of life biden where you where you see him falter on the campaign trail is on issues on policy he conflates things can't remember things and 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 by just by punching him all the time it it was almost like you could see biden like physically wake up you know shut up man you're a loser like that actually kept him alert the entire debate Look at his first answer on the first question on an issue, and you saw Biden meander right away, right away. If they should, Trump should have stayed on that the whole night. Made him, made him talk issues. Biden couldn't talk about the courts. Yeah, I was shocked he couldn't express his position on these are horrible judges. Amy Barrett is horrible. She's you know kind of give like the traditional Kennedy Ted Kennedy speech. Like instead, it was like. A nerdy process. I think she's a thing, fine, like, and I think she's a fine like, human being, or something. He said, "Yes, a fine human being, but just let the people decide." And Trump really got him well. Like, you know, I was elected for four mm-hmm. years, not three years. He got him on that. I w- again, what frustrates me about I'm more frustrated about Trump than anything else. I actually thought Trump came with the top of his game. He was, if Biden was meandering, he was lucid. He had it. He was energetic. He was thinking properly. Um, I think he had a lot of good facts at the tip of his tongue. I didn't agree with all of them. A lot of them I did. I thought it was good, but he then squandered it. That's exactly the point that Biden looked like a low energy meandering. Almost he almost felt bad for him. And Trump looked like he had his facts and he was good. But the and, and then and then he started off with what I thought was a very good tactic. He directly challenged him. You know, that used to be taboo. Back in the debating days, no one was allowed to have a real debate. He actually would challenge him, but then he wouldn't let Biden hang himself with it. So then it got into, you're a jerk, you're a liar, and whatever. And it wasn't like, hey, buddy, you want to lock up everyone who opens up mm-hmm. their business and and African-Americans who lost three times as many businesses as whites did from your lockdown policies. Oh, you are the Democrat Party. Whoops, all your Democrat governors did this. Oh, except when it comes to people beating and molesting uh, uh, motorists on the streets, then you don't want to arrest them. That's how he could have nailed them. I was personally, I was pretty shocked given how far to the left Biden has moved and, and the ground he has staked out, how he so quickly ran away from those policies and he could have mm. pursued him on that. All right, we got one minute here for you. 
if you were the Biden campaign, would you do any more debates or would you say, you know what, Trump let us off the hook. We didn't have to flash any senility or dementia. We'll take the ball, go home. We'll blame it on his tax returns. And then we'll just ride this thing out. We showed up we, and, and not risk exposing that in another setting if Trump ties, tries other tactics. What would you do? That's exactly what I would do. Everyone was worried about that. He gave him the perfect out. Look, wh- whether you like Trump or not, it's a fact. If you do a study of that video transcript... I mean, you will see Trump had 90 percent of the words. Uh, he literally talked over him. I mean, that's just a fact. I, I I must say I enjoyed a lot of it. I really did. I was laughing my head off. I thought it was great. But at the end of the day, you gave him his out. The idea is if he doesn't bail on it for Trump, just next time, just let him hang himself. Just Agreed. kick the bucket. Don't cut the rope. Great stuff, my friend. Thanks for joining us as always. All right. Take care. Take care. All right, that's our good friend, uh, the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz. Gentlemen back there in HQ, you have any thoughts on the conversation we just, uh, and Daniel's analysis we just heard? Well, while you were talking, there's this, and it applies to that last bit you had. uh, The Commission on Presidential Debates says it will add new tools to maintain order to the upcoming debates after the chaotic chaotic first contest. So basically... It's going to get worse. Yeah, they're going to apply COVID lockdown logic to presidential debates. That's going to work. Yeah, I, I think the the general sentiment from from basically everybody is it's a stalemate, and a stalemate means that Joe Biden um, it didn't necessarily win hands down, but it, it means that he at least got a leaning win somehow because he didn't show up and he didn't keel over. Uh, on stage there Uh, it's a stalemate uh, a missed opportunity for donald trump and that's unfortunate maybe maybe uh there will be more debates i am highly skeptical because of all of the reasons that we've laid out um not only today but in in past days as well i'm skeptical that another debate is actually going to happen but uh but a missed a missed opportunity uh, altogether all right, that's going to wrap me up here from uh, Dallas over the last couple of days. Uh, I want to thank uh, the whole team here. Again, they just do a tremendous job hosting us. And I uh, had a blast yesterday. I mean, it was a long day. It was a taxing day um, doing all those shows. But uh, it was fun uh, to see uh, Glenn and Stu and, and Pat and the whole team here. Um, got to meet Chad Prather for the first time, do a show with him yesterday. That was a lot of fun. So... Uh, just a great time uh, and want to thank everybody here at the blaze for hosting again and being gracious and making it happen uh, Todd and Aaron are going to take you home with the overtime right after this show for our blaze TV subscribers for the rest of you hopefully I make it back home safe and see you back in Iowa tomorrow until then John 317 this is Steve Dace on the blaze radio network